R&B is what we do. This is Fresh 107.9. This is 107.9. Find light in the beautiful sea. I chose to be happy. Baby. This is 107.9. Fresh. I love bad, 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 my, bad, my, bad, my, bad. When you hear. another round. And they tried to shut us down about an hour ago. But we still in this. You know it's nonstop hip hop. 7.9 Fresh. Can't wait till I get you on. This is J. Cole. Yo, what it do? Drizzy Drake. Boy, he's hood. Pumping your all-star hip-hop and R&B. Yeah. This is Kanye West. Your boy, Jay-Z. All the stars, all the talk. Back, back to the music. It's like a bunch of... We get busy. Interactive hip-hop and R&B. Okay, we bumping it. Yo, bring that music back. Let's go. Dying all around me So I gave 
snatching Bel-Air out the bucket. Writing all my wrongs for these homies out here thugging. Pray for benediction, pretty women on my premise. Condo out in Cabo, screaming gobbles to my nemesis. Holding around my neck, I'm balling for these final minutes. Nothing lasts forever for these sins, I sing repentance. Lord, shots fired, another gone, I feel that man's pain. Daddy sat me down and said that came with the game. Shake my hair, roll up the window, turning up the music. So much anger in these songs for these soldiers that we losing. A mastermind is one who feeding others off his talent. I owe it to my city, but it's time I pay my balance. I'm in Holyfield's estate. I started with a pallet. I made my first tape. I gave that shit to Cali. Thankful for my supporters, everyone that ever bought us. Grateful for every lesson these Miami streets taught us. Fresh 107.9 FM, Burgos, are five minutes can pass 10 a.m. This uh, Wednesday, the fifth day, the month of January 2022. Great to know you're there. Uh, joining us this uh, morning. Hope your Wednesday morning has started the brightest way possible. Uh, it's platform this morning, the second installment of the program. We do this Mondays and Wednesdays uh, from 10, expectedly. Wale Bakar is my name. Great to know you're there. Um, I should say, welcome back to work. Uh, Monday, when we were together, was a public holiday. I know a lot of us got back to work yesterday. Uh, for those who are still, you know, um, getting out of the New Year um, um, break and uh, just struggling to get back to work and get their bodies ready for work, I wish you the very best. Good morning to you. Uh, today's the 5th of January. Uh, it is a couple of days to the start of uh, the African Football Mundial. That's the African Cup of Nations. And it's happening for the first time in many years for various reasons. Uh, COVID also part of the reasons. And um, this morning on the program, we're taking a break to talk sports, to talk about the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, talk about uh, what to expect from the tournament. And of course, talk about the chances of Nigeria Super Eagles. The Eagles, of course, gone in for their fourth title. The last time the Eagles won was in 2013, uh, winning in South Africa. Thanks to that goal by Sunday Umba. It was in that final uh, that game against Burkina Faso. The Eagles gone in for their fourth title. There's so many other African teams hoping to make history. Some hoping to reassert their name as far as, you know, African football hierarchy is concerned. Some just hoping to, you know, make some dreams come true. Uh, whatever the case may be, January 9th is when it will all be starting in Cameroon. Good morning to you. Welcome to Platform this Wednesday morning. Thank you for joining platform uh, this uh, Wednesday morning on Fresh 107.9 FM. Wali Bakar is my name. Uh, in case you're just joining, I did mention earlier that the Africa Cup of Nations will be getting our attention this morning on the program. It's barely four days to the start of the tournament that we'll hold in Cameroon. Nigeria Super Eagles are expected uh, to leave for Garua today as uh, they uh, um, hope to win the fourth African Cup of Nations title. 
uh, the Eagles' last one in 2013. Before then was 1994. And um, you don't, you'd argue that uh, the Eagles, uh, going by the tag giant of Africa and going by the number of talent uh, that is available for the Super Eagles uh, as a team that should be winning the Africa Cup of Nations on a regular basis. Well, uh, just to bring you up to speed as regards some of the things to expect uh, this year, uh, the Cup of Nations has been expanded to 24 teams. Uh, before now, it used to be 16. So what it means now, there are six groups of four uh, to start the tournament. Uh, the hosts, Cameroon, uh, they are in Group A alongside Burkina Faso, Cape Verde and Ethiopia. Uh, they will be kickstarting things. That's Cameroon against Burkina Faso will be kickstarting things on the night of January. Uh, that's the opening game. Ethiopia and Cape Verde also playing on the night. Uh, group B, uh, Senegal, uh, they lost the final the last time out. Uh, uh, and uh, they will be hoping to do one better. Lost to Algeria. Senegal, Zimbabwe, Guinea, Malawi, uh, they're in Group B. Group C, uh, the Atlas Lions, Morocco, Ghana, Gabon, and Comoros appears like some tough group. Group D is usually, they call it the group of death, but the Super Eagles find themselves here alongside Egypt, Sudan, and Guinea-Bissau. The Eagles will be kick-starting their tournament against Egypt on the 11th. Group E, Algeria, Ivory Coast, Sierra Leone, Equatorial Guinea, Group F, Tunisia, Mali, Gambia, Mauritania. That's the lineup uh, of uh, the group stages for the Africa Cup of Nations. Of course, uh, there are quite a number of issues uh, that have been uh, talked about. Uh, remember that um, uh, there had been other countries that appeared like they will be the one to host uh, the uh, tournament. Um, on November uh, 30, 2018, CAF stripped Cameroon from hosting the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. However, CAF President Ahmed Ahmed said that Cameroon had agreed to host the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations. Consequently, Ivory Coast, original host of 2021, will host the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations. Then Guinea, uh, uh, original host of 2023, will host 2025. Well, um, there are just a lot of things to expect from this AFCON because of the uh, things that have happened in the last uh, couple of years, COVID and then certain reasons of change. There are also some security fears as well in Cameroon as far as the tournament is concerned. But everyone is hoping that this will be a great tournament. Remember, there's been some terrible things that have accompanied it, especially with media coverage, uh, issues of COVID, issues of clubs being ready to release players, uh, you know, the European clubs especially being ready to uh, release their superstars for the African countries. Uh, this morning uh, on the program, I'll be joined by Mr. Babajide Adeomi, is a sports analyst. He's on the program with me this morning. Good morning, sir. Great to have you on the program this morning. Good morning to you, Ali. I'm well, kind of shocked that you just addressed me as a mister. Would you I be would have Mrs. preferred Jide Adeomi. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you really uh, for joining us this morning, sir. Um, it's been a while since the African happened. Uh, for for those that love the Africa Cup of Nations, they'd argue that uh, you know they've missed it because although it's, uh, when you put the Africa Cup of Nations, you know, alongside some other tournaments or footballing tournaments, the European Cup, for example, uh, you know, it's, it's not the greatest. Uh, although the quality of football on the African soil has, has come a long way to. And when you look at the groups, uh, before now, you'd argue, oh, this group is the group of death. Uh, this group would be the most difficult. But when you look at all, uh, virtually all the groups, uh, there are one or two, you know, great names on the African continent. There are one or two teams that have been doing well for themselves in the last couple of years. And then there are teams that are potential shockers 
Group A, for example, Cameroon, Burkina Faso. We know Cape Verde have been a great team uh, for a while. Group B, Senegal, um, Guinea, Zimbabwe. These are teams that, you know, Morocco and Ghana in uh, Group C. And then there's Gabon, Pierre-Emerick and, you know, other teams. And it goes on like that, you know, for the other groups. What, 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 what can we expect uh, with this AFCON this year? Well, given the drama that has surrounded the AFCON ever since we last held it in 2019, you would expect to have a fresh year basically for the competition when it kicks us again on January 9 over there in Cameroon. And that said, I personally am convinced that this is going to be um, a competition to relish for a very long time, even after we might have finished the competition. Because um, regardless of all that has happened, regardless of the club sides refusing to, re- to release their players, um, regardless of the postponement it suffered twice, and you know, and all other politics and dramas, you know, we shouldn't forget that. Just as Afcon will be beginning on January 9th, the FIFA Club World Cup also takes off simultaneously. And then there has been a whole lot of arguments as to why FIFA has to fix the FIFA Club World Cup alongside the, the CAF uh, African Cup of Nations. So all of that, I personally feel that it's a tournament that we would live to remember. It's the 33rd edition and yeah, we have a host nation that will be hosting it. And incidentally, Cameroon have won it five times and none of their five um, triumphs at the AFCON has come on the home soil. So it gives you that this is a tournament that has so many historical um, happenings that will be coming alongside it. And then, yeah, um, we should expect a couple of dark horses and also how African football will be showcased in the footballing world across the world right after this AFCON because you have the feeling that some clubs being unwilling to re- to, re- to release their players, players. Mm-hmm. you have the feeling that maybe African players are not as bad as these people think they are. So all of this, if you bring it into the conversation, you discover that it is definitely going to be one tournament that would relish you know, it's, 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 for a very long time. It's, 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 it's interesting that you you bring that up because um, you know over time we've had um, discussions about the quality of African and uh, you know the performance of African players. You know, outside there, in their clubs in Europe, uh, in South America, maybe in you know North America as well. Some of them playing in the US, but uh, every, year in year out, every time the African comes around, uh, although it hasn't been this much uh, because of COVID and a lot of other issues, yeah. there's always that reluctance from clubs, uh, you know, especially many, many of them trying to hold on to their players, especially some of them are star players. Look at a team like Liverpool; they'll be losing Salah and um, Sadio Mane. Mane. Jurgen Klopp uh, described it as a little tournament, although he, said, well. although he said it was, uh, you know, misquoted and all of that. Um, City will be missing Riyad Mahrez. That's a yeah. you know, crucial player for them. Watford were reluctant to release Emmanuel Dennis. Is their highest goal scorer. They didn't. You know, uh, they didn't. Uh, sorry, I mean. You know, and, and, and that's the situation for so many other clubs. There'll be clubs in Italy losing players. Um, AC Milan will be losing players. You know, there'll be clubs in uh, Portugal losing players and all of that. So, um, at the end of the day, it just tells you that African players are not as bad as we make it seem sometimes. Yes, maybe football on the continent is not as a level it is in Europe or South America. Yeah. But it's not that bad. Well, definitely, when you, when you, when you look at how all of these clubs, they've been all saying the same thing. Basically, they've been unanimous as to not wanting to release players, and you could understand. And I think it is as a result of how CAF has projected itself I mean, the blame has to go to CAF as well because 
Um, there were times that he had to change the tournament into June, June and July, and yeah, he did. I think it held for just a year. Mm. That was in 2019. So now when we wanted to have the next one after that, they, they discovered so many things and said, okay, let's take it back to January. And this is the grass of all of these club sites in Europe. They are saying that, let us have AFCON when it will be suitable for us. And you could understand these clubs. They pay these players. Some of them are bought for a huge amount of money. Um, Napoli got a cement for a record fee for an African player. Same as Salah money will get humongous salaries at their club side. So you look at this and you have a feeling that, well, these players are not as bad as African players used to be in the past. So, and like I always say, well, when were, were African players that bad in the past? Are you sure it wasn't a function of PR? Because there were great players in the past. Well, there were great players. Stephen Keshi, Sonde Olisa. They were great players. Bro, Kano Wanko, JJ Okocha. You can go on and on. But the truth is that back then, most of these bigger clubs now didn't want to sign African players. And it's because of the AFCON. You know, they don't want to lose them when their season will be so much dependent on these African players. Like now, Liverpool are chasing the Premier League. You have Salah Mane not around. And as a matter of fact, I'm seeing There's somewhere that... tomorrow against Arsenal in the Carabao Yes, Cup. they might postpone that match because they have some players out due to COVID. And, you know, Liverpool, Salah and Mane, they are not around. So they are trying to request from the English FA to have that match postponed, which I don't think that will happen anyway. So that tells you that these African stars presently, whether some people want to agree or not, they are one of the best you'd ever get anywhere. And I think I am kind of happy that players like Ian Wright, the Arsenal agent, mm-hmm. uh, players like Patrick Vera have been coming out to see this AFCON has been largely and grossly uh, disrespected because you are talking about players wanting to go and answer the call of their fatherland, their country, basically. And you have nine months for these players to be in the team. Out of the nine months, you had to release these players just for a month. And I, I personally feel that whether these clubs want to release players or not, the best time for us to be having an AFCON is still this period, the January and February window, because that is when our weather is okay here. So, subsequently... I think FIFA and CAF, as well as these club sites, should try and reach a compromise as to how this would go. Maybe um, FIFA would have to make it mandate- mandated for these clubs that you do not have the right to hold. And I, and okay, I so there's, there's, an, there's an arrangement, uh, you know, FIFA has there's the deadline and all of that. But yes. you know, sometimes you know, I'm you talking just of find a way when these it. clubs refuses to say to release players. Just for example, Watford refused they refused to release them. Uh, Ismail Lassa. For Senegal. But when the Senegalese FA stepped in and insisted that we must have our player, they were left in two trust and to release the guy. And the guy, as I'm talking now, is in Dakar. They, 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 they should be in Cameroon in a couple of hours now. So that tells you that on the part of this club side, you could, you could sense some cynicism. And also on the part of some players, uh, maybe mischief is what I could call it because there's a difference in not wanting to play for your country and the difference in your club not, not wanting to release you. So that's how it is. And I feel that subsequently, we may be having just another drama on our hands if this is not just nipped in the bud now and let FIFA, uh, let CAF stand their ground and this national team stand their ground and say, we own these players and we have to have them in our team for our competition. Well, the debate as to who owns the players is one that would go on and on. Uh, the clubs would have, you know, a lot of interesting arguments, uh, yeah. you know, to make. And sometimes, uh, you 
wonder whether, especially on the, on the African continent, uh, when you know there's so many talks about players' welfare are not being taken as important as we should. There's so many talks about you know whether players even would want to risk you know their careers <laughs> you know playing for their countries. But because the Afcon over the years has gained a lot of um, you know popularity, and so many players are even using it as you know launch pad for their careers. We've seen players who did well at the Afcon and went on to get great deals. Uh, of know, course, at, of at their, course, at their club levels. Let, let's let's take a moment and you know bring the conversation down to uh, the Super Eagles of Nigeria. Are you because uh, putting that side by side with the talks of clubs not releasing players um, at the very last minute, so to speak, uh, they, we had to make four changes. So, you know, bring in four new players. Had to replace to make another uh, one. Okay, so to replace Shio Abdullahi. Uh, Victor Simon, who unfortunately yeah. got COVID and couldn't get to Napoli to check whether I was fit enough. And Leon Balogun. And then uh, Emmanuel Dennis, who yeah. uh, Watford were obviously uh, were not uh, ready to release and all of that. Uh, do, do, do you think that with all these changes, because usually Leon would be partnering Econ Trust at the centre-back position. Yeah. Shio Abdullah is a regular right-back, yeah. uh, I guess. Uh, uh, sometimes she does, yeah, wasn't. Uh -huh. uh, and then Emmanuel Dennis is, you know, scoring the goals. Uh, we know the trouble with Victor Simon. We're never really sure. Would, do you think this um, changes would affect the team? Yes, they would have effect, but would it affect the team so that it might affect our chances of maybe winning the tournament? Well, as it stands, I I feel that the unavailability of Osimhen will, will be will be very obvious in the competition. Um, he was our highest goal scorer during the qualifiers, and you cannot have a player in that mold miss the flagship tournament of the continent, and you don't expect that to tell on the, um, the team. on the performance of the team generally at the Afcon. So I feel that would be there. However, we are blessed with a whole lot of players currently in the national team. And even if Osimhen is not around, even if Paul Onoatri is not around, even if Emmanuel Dennis Fields is also want to play for the Super Eagles, we still have a lot of players who can just come in and then have that as a, as a way of making themselves known to the football world and to sell themselves to Nigeria, basically. Uh, one of these players is um, Peter Olayinka. Unfortunately, he wasn't invited, but you have Taiwa Winnie there. So as it stands, we are with a handful of players, forward players to the AFCON now. There's Kelechi, Anacho, um, there's Chijerai Juke, there's Ahmed. You can Igalo mention. is back, by the way. Igalo is back. And mm. like I said, we may just make another change because yesterday, Augustine Gavin was speaking to the media via Facebook. He's saying that if he doesn't hear any response from Igalo before the team leaves for Cameroon today, he might just be forced to make another change. Because mm -hmm. according to the contract between Igalo and his club side in Saudi Arabia, it was said that he was never to attend any tournament for his national team. And that was because he was retired when he was signing that. So it was easy for him to have said, okay, let me just agree to this. But since he came back to the national team, maybe... Even the NFF was never aware of such scenario coming up, and now we have found ourselves in this situation now. So, as it stands, the chances of Igalo going to the Afcon is still very slim because the clubs are the club is insisting that you cannot go, and if they don't want to go, and when especially it has to do with contract, definitely you will not be there. So we might just have to make another change. 
later on. At the moment, there are uh, 24 players. Uh, 25 in, this morning. I, I know Joe Aribo yeah, uh, Joe was Aribo the came. to join. And uh, another guy came before we came on here. Okay. Yeah, Samuel Chukwese. Samuel Chukwese, okay. Uh, so at the moment, uh, Jamilu Collins, Taran Eboe, Odionigalo yeah. are the ones uh, yet to... Uh, you know, uh, join the team. Uh, the expectation is that the team would be leaving for Garoa 8 p.m. tonight. Yeah. Uh, so there's still a lot of hours uh, to see whether these players uh, will happen. That's, of course, as revealed by Baba But Aaron, we would join the team in Cameroon okay. uh, by tomorrow, according to the NFF president, because it was never in the plan of the technical crew of the NFF prior to the release of the team list for the Afghan So when the coach became clear that, okay, we needed some guys and, yeah, they have to draft him in and say, okay, guy, join us in Cameroon. So he's the only one that would be waiting, that the team would be waiting for in Cameroon and also Jamilu Collins as well. Now, um, let's um, talk about the chances of the team, really, uh, as regards getting the fourth Africa Cup of Nations title. Uh, there was a time when, uh, you know, it was it was something... Nigerians really wanted. And even when we didn't get it, so we could look at how well the team played. I remember watching the uh, Ghana-Nigeria 2000 final between the Super Eagles and Cameroon. And we lost, you know, that penalty, Victor Ekpeba, that penalty that we continue to argue whether it was a goal or not. <laughs> but even at that time, we, yes, we didn't win the tournament. We were satisfied. We felt the Eagles did their best. They played so great. Over the years, uh, that wasn't the situation. In 2004 in Tunisia, uh, we, uh, was it 2004? Yeah, 2004. I think in Mali, 2002, we finished third. In 2004 yeah. in Tunisia, we finished third as well, yeah. losing 20... the semifinals to the host. Uh, 2006 in Six. Ghana wasn't so great. We lost to Ghana yeah. in the quarterfinals. I remember that game vividly. Junior Agogo is late <laughs> now, anyway. It's going to go. God rest his soul. 2008. You know, there were a lot of finishing third. Uh, the last time, we also finished third. Well, yeah. And, you know, a lot of fans are always of the opinion we should take it a, a step better. You know, winning. You know, we, we saw the happiness in 2013, not just winning, but beating the very best teams, beating Ivory Coast. They had Drogba, they had Yaya Toure, they had yeah. you know amazing players. And then. we paraded on base players mostly. So, um, what are the chances of the Eagles this time around, in your opinion? Well, in my opinion, I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Personally, I feel the shenanigans that shaped up our preparations for this AFCON have made it made my own um, expectation to be very little. When you say shenanigans? Yeah, shenanigans about, you know, who handles the national team at the AFCON, you know, we, we sacked Kenotro um, weeks before the tournament and yeah, after that we were left with, okay, who comes in? Are we going to have an interim manager take us to the AFCON or we are going to appoint a substantial manager that will lead us to the AFCON? So all of those were there. And But, the, but isn't it clear what the, sorry, um, when you talk about, you know, coaches, is, isn't it clear what, what the NFF did? Uh, there was arguments as to whether um, Gerard Rob should be the one to lead the boys to the tournament. There were yeah. some who were of the opinion that, well, uh, for the sake of stability for the uh, sake of continuity, let him go to the AFCON. Let's see how he does. I but am one of those people who believe that, actually. Mm. My own is, you said in 2019, because we missed out on the 2015-2017 edition, we didn't qualify, and you said we are going to the AFCON in 2019. The standard you set for Raw was to finish in the semi-final, and he came back with the bronze, bronze medal. medal. So, it, it was justified. 
based on what you, you said to him before the AFCON. And then he's gotten us the qualification, at least to the playoff stages of the World Cup, is still the qualification for the AFCON. I was of the opinion that why can't we just allow this guy take us to this AFCON in 2021? I mean, he's already familiar with the team. He knows the terrain of Nigerian football, basically. And why can't he just take us to the AFCON? But I feel the NFF bowed to the pressure from the media, from the fans, and said, look, this guy is not just the one to take us to the AFCON. This guy is not just the one that will win us the AFCON. That was the popular opinion then. So they felt, okay, let us part ways with this guy. And that was added to the fact that when we were playing some qualifiers in 2020, we played some draws where um, Syria had to come back from four goals down. Since that day, I know a very um, large number of people, large number of senior colleagues who feels, okay, Nigeria should not be playing a 4-4 draw despite being going four, four goals go up before uh, before the, 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 the latter stages of the second half. So that was the argument then. And they said, okay, let us part with this guy. Since then, there has been a campaign for Genotro to go. And now he left. The NFF, maybe they got it all wrong by... But, 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 but do you think he was doing good enough? I understand what you argue when you talk about continuity, when you talk about stability. Was he doing good enough? I think he was doing good enough. I personally feel it was doing good enough. In what in what would be your yardstick for that? Uh, my yardstick is that, yes, we can talk about the um, the, the the play on the pitch of play. That is normal. Isn't that what's uh, the most important? Well, it's most important. So far, you are getting the results. I'm of the opinion that no matter, it doesn't matter how you win. My own is just go there, get the job done and win. And once you are winning, I don't think anybody has any right to complain. Get us the AFCON ticket. He got us the AFCON ticket. Get us to the World Cup. He did. Go to the AFCON so in the 2019. Of the qualifiers. Go to the well, AFCON of 2019. World Cup. Yeah. Get us to the quarterfinal. This guy returned with a bronze medal. So what else does the NFF want that this guy hasn't done? Maybe he's, you know, he doesn't know what, he doesn't know how to set up. But, are those, but are those goals, those, um, those uh, goals or those targets, not even under, you know, I don't know whether there's a word on the targets. And, uh, are we not on the setting, you know, targets for a team as huge as the Super Eagles, for a team as, uh, you know, uh, blessed as the Super Eagles? Well, maybe that was where the NFF got it all wrong. And you could understand their maybe consideration of magnanimity when they said it should take us to the AFCON in 2019 and get us to at least the semi-final, which he did. And he beat Tunisia in the third place and then we got the bronze medal. So he could have done more. We could have done better than that, especially if you look at the manner with which we were knocked out by Algeria in the semi-final. You could see that, okay, yes, this guy could have done more, but hey, on the average, he's just gotten us the semi-final slot where the NFF set for him as a target. So there, I feel there was really no need for any force then. So again, when you were renewing his contract, you were saying that this guy must take us to the AFCON and then get us to the and get us the AFCON. So that was a clear picture. We were going to the AFCON 2021 to go win the trophy, basically. But you had to sack this guy because some people felt, yes, Gernotra should not lead us to the AFCON. He's clueless. Well, he can't, he can't get the results. Yeah. That so, and he was sacked. And I didn't have a problem with you sacking him because as far as I know, he's justified for all of the things he has achieved. I mean, you cannot hold anyone, you cannot hold him accountable to how the team has been ever since it's gone. But my own uh, grouse is, you don't sack a manager and not have a clear picture of who you want to employ next. 
Based on some informations uh, given by some senior colleagues, they said even Augustine Agravan never knew he was going to become the interim because he was occupying the place of the technical director of the NFF before uh, Raw was sacked and then he was approached and said, okay, come and do this. So he didn't know he was ever going to be the, uh, the interim manager. Interim interim manager. He, never, he was never sure of taking the Super Eagles to the Cameroon. And then there was this talks of uh, Amadou Mevin Pinnick approaching Jose Mourinho to recommend some Jose Pesero to him and then all of that. So, uh, thankfully, we have a manager. Um, Augustine Gavon is sure that he's taking us to the AFCON now, obviously. Pesero will be there in Cameroon as an observer, which will come in later right after the AFCON. So, that's... Do, do you think those are distractions, you know, for the team out of the tournament? Distractions? In what way? The, the all, all of these things that have happened. I'm asking, do, do you think they are distractions, you know, for for the team? Of course, they are distractions because there are some peace of mind that comes with knowing that you are in charge of a particular thing. You know that even if it's an assignment, there's this pleasure that comes. With, okay, I must get this done, regardless of the obstacles I come along. I just must deliver the job. So before now, Eguavon was never sure. You could see he even announced his um, squad list, he even announced late. And that is very, very bad for a team that wants to go win the fourth AFCON. Ethiopia were the first team to, to land in Cameroon. Even though if they're not going to win, they won twice. But that tells you that this team has a whole lot of happiness, readiness for this AFCON. If, you are, if the Super Eagles are prepared enough longer before now and they got to Cameroon as early as possible, you could have this feeling that, okay, yes, maybe we know what we are doing. But when we release our squad list, we released late. Look at the team now. Some players we are still waiting on them to come. Um, what's his name? Jamilu Collins. They have got, uh, the Bundesliga has been, suspended, has been on break since December. We should be in the Super Eagles first. So that sh- that, that's what I'm saying. There, there's, there, there's no semblance of responsibility on some people at the NFF. There's no semblance of being accountable. And even seriousness on some players also. And also, when you have the handlers of the national team doing so many things they like, what do you expect of the players? Well, um, we'll, we'll take a very quick pause. And uh, when we return, we will uh, you know, take a look at um, you know, the Eagles' chances side by side with the, well, uh, the, so to speak, the other giants uh, that they will be uh, playing, that they will, they will be coming up against who also have ambitions of setting one record or the other. Uh, you know, uh, in the Africa Cup of Nations. I've been speaking with Wajidi Adeomi. He's a sports analyst. We'll be talking about the Africa Cup of Nations 2021, which is set to start on the night of January. Uh, the first game is expected to be the, between hosts uh, Cameroon and uh, Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso, remember, were the team that uh, Nigeria defeated uh, when they won their last title in 2013. We'll be back in a bit. Please don't go anywhere. Download the Fresh FM app on your Android phone, tablet to listen to Fresh FM anywhere in the world. To download, go to Google Play Store and App Store. Search for Fresh FM Nigeria. Select the icon, tap, and install for free. Follow the on-screen instructions, complete the installation, and get our content anywhere under the sun in real time. The Fresh FM radio app is all in one. You can listen live, watch us live, see our Facebook, Twitter, 
Twitter, Instagram posts, and news updates, the Fresh FM Nigeria mobile app can be downloaded on Android and iOS. As you use the Fresh FM app, review and rate our app. We're available 24-7 for more updates. Thank you for choosing Fresh as the best with Oakland. Thank you for staying with us. Platform on Fresh 107.9 FM. Abelkuta today, Wednesday, the 5th of January, 2021. Great to know you're there. Uh, we're live on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Fresh FM Live. Uh, that's how you uh, be a part of the program. Uh, share the videos, drop your contributions. I have to say many thanks. We love you. Uh, who said hello to us on radio or other via Facebook uh, this uh, morning. Uh, we've been talking about the chances of the Super Eagles uh, in the uh, upcoming Africa Cup of Nations uh, scheduled to start on January the night, at and, uh, on January nine rather, at um, the uh, in Cameroon. Uh, Cameroon, uh, they uh, one of those have won the highest as far as the African Cup yeah. of Nations are concerned. Five, and they they'd be hoping that they can, uh, you know, uh, at least uh, further their record at the Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, Bajida Kiyomi has been with me this Adeomi rather has been with me this morning Bajida Kiyomi is the second um, second vice president of the NFF uh, Shia Kiyomi <laughs> sorry so Bajida Adeomi has been with me this uh, morning and uh, together we've been uh, taking a look at uh, you know what to expect from the Africa Cup of Nations uh, let's take a moment and talk about uh, the other big sites that will be at the AFCON there's Cameroon there's the Pharaohs of Egypt who by the way, I have a player that many argue is probably the best player in the world at the moment, talking yeah. about Salah. We saw the goal he scored against Chelsea during the weekend. Fantastic one. So when you look at these teams, there's Algeria with Mares and Said Ben Rama, the amazing players. There's Ghana, perennial, you know, a big team on yeah. the African continent. Uh, there's Morocco who say they want to leave that tag of underachievers in the tournament. Ivory Coast, you know, all these teams put together, you know, would you, what, what, would you, would you reckon have the, you know, the biggest chance of winning the tournament? Well, in tournaments like this, you cannot talk about the favorites and, you know, remove the defending champion. We shouldn't forget the exploits of Algeria in 2019, knocked out Senegal in the final, knocked out Nigeria. Um, I've forgotten the team they knocked out in the quarterfinals now. So that tells you that. And yeah, they just announced themselves as one of the best teams on the African continent by even winning the Unography Arab Cup uh, right there in Qatar. So that tells you that we should be worried of a team like Algeria. That team has a whole lot of brilliant players that, at least on the African continent, could say, one could say, yes, these are fantastic players for their national team. So... I want to see them as a contender. And also, like I said earlier, Cameroon, uh, the host nation, they've played, they've won five times the AFCON, and yeah, none of them has been won on home soil. So, and this one, being the host, they would want to have an historic um, competition at the end of the day and say, yes, in as much as the AFCON 2021, hosted by Cameroon is concerned, we want to do this. And, you know, they have the backing of their newly FA president Samuel Eto'o, mm. so that gives you the impression that yeah, we should work out, we should, we should watch out for a team like Cameroon, and given their shambolic display in 2019, you 
have this feeling that they are coming back with a bang. You know, Clarence Sidoff led them to the AFCON in 2019 and was sacked immediately after that tournament. And this Portuguese guy, uh, Tony Coenciao, I've forgotten him, mm. has come in and has steadied the ship for them, obviously. He has made that team so compact. He started by, you know, ensuring that the defense was solid and he did that. And you could see that even all through their qualifiers, Cameroon only lost once. And that that lost, uh, that lost came in the last match day of the qualifying stages against um, Cape Verde. So that tells you that Cameroon is a team to watch out for alongside teams like Algeria, teams like Senegal, and of course Nigeria, because um, you have to put Nigeria, obviously. There's the there's what they call there's what they call the never say die spirit which we have, and yeah, and the pedigree of Nigeria on the continent. We were the third best place team at the last Afcon. We knocked out Cameroon in the, in the round of sixteen, knocked out South Africa in the quarter final. So you should also give them some mention as regards to the Afcon as as it will pan out. And also, I look at Egypt. Egypt. Okay. People do not want to rate Egypt because of. You know, their World Cup display in 2018, although it's long now, but then you have to consider that as well. How they ended in 2019. And, and they just have a way of doing well at the Africa Cup of Nations as well. You know? Yeah. And look at players like Salah. Uh, they have the motivation of saying, well, they want to win the AFCON. They lost again. They lost to Cameroon, was it? Uh, some years back. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. the final. Uh, yeah. That was 2017. 2017. They lost to Cameroon. So, so they want to win the tournament to this current crop of players in Egypt. Yeah, uh, just that some of the Egyptian folks are saying they have reduced their expectations as per the AFCON that they don't think they can win it. But I, I'm sensing some some mind games there because you cannot have <laughs> arguably the best player on the continent and even some to a larger extent in the world as of now and say you are approaching the tournament and you don't have the mindset of winning. So what then are you going there to do? And for, for teams like Egypt, they also have the opportunity of having a lot of players uh, that know themselves. They have a very steady uh, domestic league, league that you know gives them a lot of players, and these players understand themselves already somewhat. And good for them, just a very few players. Eight actually will be playing, will be coming in from the Egyptian Premier League and play for the Egypt, the Egyptian national team at the, at the Afcon. So, um, I don't think that is even a much of issue for them because they have some players playing in the Premier League. Salah, there's Treasure Gate. There's El Ghazi. So all of these guys, um, they have the experience, they have the exposure, and they know what it takes to compete at the highest levels. So, are there, are there, are there, could, could we see any surprises? Are there, are there teams that could surprise us? I remember Zambia surprised uh, a whole lot of uh, folks in by winning uh, against, was it Cote d'Ivoire? Yeah, They defeated in the final, I yeah. remember that game. You know, that has to be one of the most surprising sporting events, how it turned out eventually, because they were not rated to be to even make it to the latter stages of the competition. But interestingly, somehow find themselves in the final and then, you know, got the job done against all odds. Um, as per the team that could surprise us, I would have said, um, what's his name now? I think Comoros. But I, I looked at the group. They, they, they are drawn in a group that has um, Ghana, that has um, Gabon, and also Morocco. So that is like, more or less like... No, but but rea- realistically, you know, not, not the very huge surprises, but look, talking about teams like, you know, Cape Verde, uh, teams that, you know, uh, we, we've just seen over the years how, how grown they've come, Gabon, you know, teams of this nature. Is, are there, are there, is there any chance of, of this happening with this AFCON? Or should we expect one of the uh, bigger boys, so to speak, to pick the title? One of the bigger boys could pick the, could pick the, pick the title... Um, 
one of the bigger boys, Algeria, Senegal, Nigeria, or Cameroon, or to some extent Ghana. So one of these teams could just do that. However, you have to look at other teams, the Equatorial Guineas of this world, the Cape Verde, who gave Nigeria a run for, 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 for our money during the uh, qualification stages of the World Cup. So Nigeria never won a game against the Cape Verde, the, the Cape Verde national team. So that tells you that maybe these teams are coming with a strong intent for this AFCON. And this might just, you know, prepare them to having another fantastic outing right after this AFCON because the World Cup qualifier begins Give some years also. after mm. the World Cup. So all of these teams, yeah, they, 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 they are the World Cup qualifying campaign to be forgotten so soon. It is understandable because they don't have the exposure and the experience on the continent. But then this is Africa and they feel that, yes, we have a huge claim on how football could be talked about on the continent, how football could be played on the continent. And I think they've been showing some glimpses of hope as to how they are, given how, given how the qualification stages are turned out for most of them. There were teams who never lost a game during the qualification stages and they are what some people would call minnows of African football today. So that gives you the impression that these teams, we should not just, you know, brush them aside and say, yeah, they, 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 they will just come and then have a bad outing. I don't think it right. will happen. All right. Well, um, let's um, get some thoughts uh, from you. I know that uh, uh, football uh, is arguably the most loved sport in this part of the world. And there's a lot of followership of football. There's a lot of followership for the Super Eagles. A lot of attention will be on the Africa Cup of Nations uh, that will be starting on uh, the night of uh, January in Cameroon. As I said earlier, uh, Cameroon will kick out things against Burkina Faso. Uh, that's in Group A. That also has Cape Verde and Ethiopia. Um, yeah. Group B uh, as Guinea, Malawi, Senegal, Zimbabwe. Group C, uh, Comoros, Gabon, Ghana, Morocco, Group D, Egypt, Guinea-Bissau, the Super Eagles, and Sudan. And I uh, remember there are six groups now, 24 teams in total. Group E, Algeria, Ivory Coast. Uh, that's a team that has underachieved a lot as well. Yeah. Equatorial Guinea and Sierra Leone. And then there's Gambia, Mali, Mauritania, and Tunisia. Um, there's a team or two in every group that could go all the way at the end of the day. Uh, the numbers to call to be a part of the program this morning are 0815-432-1079. 0815-432-1079. You can also call 0818-111-1079. 0818-111-1079. Those are the numbers to call to talk to us via this morning. Hello, good morning. Yeah, hello, good morning there, Mr. Wale. Good morning, sir. Yeah, I did it again, too. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Talk to us. Hello? Wow, we lost that call. Well, do try again, all right? 0815-432-1079-0818-111-1079. Try again, all right? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Live. Uh, many thanks to you for joining us live there. Drop your contributions there as well. We'll be glad to hear from you. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Call oh, him back. Okay, yeah, great. So lovely, good morning. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I did guess. He has really done well, you know, in the analysis. You know, but I just want to keep in some certain things. First of all, we should have it at the back of our mind that this African Nations Cup is going to be another time. Because we have, we have, we have paraded new players, people players in Africa you know, that is doing very well in the, in the world. You know, so there just should be kind of a team that will be like, okay, we're having issues with the uh, coaching crew and all those things. 
It shouldn't be our worries anyway. We have a good player too that can do it. But what I want to advise our boys is this. They need to be compact. As in, they need to play together. They shouldn't discriminate anyone or, I mean, any player. You understand? And the coach too. They need to be tactical. It shouldn't be ordinary coaching like uh, we are in Nations Cup. This is outside Nations Cup because the player involved, they are massive. You understand? So it's really... Hello? Correct. Uh, we got the bulk of your point anyway. Thank you very much. Zero eight one five four three two one zero seven nine zero eight one eight one 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 zero seven nine. Those are the numbers uh, to call to talk to us via this morning. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Okay. Uh, you could try again, right? Uh, just uh, try again to talk to us. We'll be glad to hear from you. Uh, 0815 uh, there, there, there was something we you know, sh- should mention, really. Uh, that's uh, the issue of some of the technicalities uh, in this tournament and what to expect. First of all, talk about the video assistant referee. CAF already has said that VAR will, or VR will be used uh, all through the tournament. Yeah. Uh, there's also the issue of COVID and how we will you know, do all of this. We've seen leagues of the world, how they handle this COVID issue. Even at that, they still have a lot of cases that are turning positive. So uh, these are issues that you know we, we need to also look at. We'll get into that in a minute anyway. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Wally. Good morning. Okay, good morning. Uh, am I really good again? Good morning. I think... Uh, we have no, the Nigeria have no, has no cause for, there is no cause for alarm. We have a race of past. Can we stand any other African teams that are qualified, that are qualified for the African Nations Cup? But all we need, we all that is required from the team, the level of commitment, should go for the competition of taking the winning team. I think, Okay, all right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's talking about uh, level of commitment, saying that's all that will be critical. So far, the players are committed. They can go far. Thank you. We struggled to hear, but we got the point of it. But uh, I w- just before we took that, I was talking about the issue of you know COVID, for example. Just a couple of days ago, Gambia had to cancel some games because of uh, you know COVID. Uh, we've also heard that uh, CAF uh, has also uh, said that they will be limiting uh, stadium capacities uh, because of COVID. So, um, would, would do, from some of the things that you've heard, uh, what, what what are your thoughts as regards uh, Africa's preparedness to handle this? Because we're talking about football, low contact, yeah. not just between players. You're talking about, um, you know, uh, team doctors, uh, canteens, hotels, and all of that. Let me tell you, Ali, the Moroccans, I think they, they are in Cameroon already. Why going to Cameroon? Whatever it is they will use, the food, the staffs, everything we are brought from uh, Morocco. Even the hotel staff, we are still taking right from Morocco. So it, 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 it goes a long way to show that there's a level of preparedness that is expected from every national team. And the Gambian that you cited, the example, I, I, I was hearing somewhere yesterday that they have like 16 players now. Out of 20, they are now out due to COVID-19. The 16 has the three goalkeepers they have planned to make use of at the, 20, at the AFCON. So all of this now, I want to believe that Carfood have a plan or have made some plans for these things because you should expect that the, the, the contagion is still very much around. So 
and we know all of the things that has happened to the hosting of this tournament. COVID-19 has played a major role in ensuring that we have to postpone it twice. Mm-hmm. So we should not, I don't expect CAF to be, um, to not want to pay attention to the possible effect that this COVID-19 could have on the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I want to see other teams emulating what the Moroccans have done. Nigeria, I don't think we have any plans for that. All we are hearing is that the Super Eagles will move from Nigeria to uh, to Cameroon via chartered flights and everything. And also, they've, they've, they've done well as to the reportage of the national team. Like the last two press conferences we had and even the trainings, the media officer stated in his report that whoever that is coming to the training or to the presser must ensure that he has the negative test and every other thing that is needed for the training. So all of this now, I expect Nigeria to have planned in this way and say, okay, we are going to the AFCON let us look at the possible um, damage that may happen to us from COVID-19, but I don't think that is done, but let's hope we have a smooth selling competition at the end of the day, because whatever it is that is going to happen, I want to believe that this AFCON has come to stay and we'll host it, and then come February 6th, we'll all rejoice that we have had a 33rd edition of the AFCON competition in, in, on the continent. Because uh, for many of these con- uh, clubs uh, that have uh, complained for one reason or the other, uh, COVID has also been uh, one of the issues uh, that they've mentioned. Uh, from what we know, uh, we know that um, for fans or whoever that will be watching games, uh, they're supposed to have vaccination proof and um, COVID PCR tests, a negative yeah. result. Uh, the CAF also announced that uh, the stadium cap has been put between 60% to 80%, 80% for the uh, games are by the host uh, nation, that's uh, Cameroon. And um, we know that uh, we heard that there would be tests done at uh, intervals for players as well. Yeah. So hopefully it turns out to be a good tournament. As far as VR or VAR is concerned, as I mentioned, uh, it's going to be used in all 52 games. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it, they'll it's, work it's well. It's long overdue. Remember, hopefully it'll work well. Remember, uh, what, what was that game? I think it was Esperance and was was it CAF Champions, Champions League final? That the VR was there and they didn't know it wasn't working. I can't remember yeah. the teams. I know it was... That should be 2019. It should yeah. have been earlier than it that. Be, I remember I was it should be 2019 it because it was between uh, Wider Casablanca and I think Raja uh-huh. Casablanca. Uh-huh. So in the first leg of that competition, the VR was working. So in the second leg, one of the team became very, um, <laughs> very funny and said, oh, we didn't know the VR was working. And when some controversial moments came up in the game and the players protected and said, okay, let us go check the VR. That was when they knew, okay, oh, the VR hasn't been It was, it was Esperance. Esperance on Widad. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Esperance, I think they were given the title eventually. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, the AFCON uh, will start on the night. Cameron, Burkina Faso, kick-starting things. The Super Eagles, their first game is on the 11th. Uh, they will face Egypt. Uh, the Eagles, uh, it's a big game. On their hands, uh, the various uh, departments with uh, various um, um, issues for the coaches to determine. Although it appears Marika Khoe is our first choice goalkeeper uh, at the moment, is he? Well, yeah. maybe he would be the one because I personally do not think he should be our first choice. You know the issues with goalkeeper: the older they get, the better they become, mm. and we have that in the national team as of now. That should be Daniel Akpe. So he's been doing fantastic. And he's done great in South Africa. Yeah, South Africa. So, things of what he's been doing with his club and all. I think he's had, if not five or six clean sheets this season. Yeah, interesting. All right, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, apologies uh, if we've uh, not been able to talk to you. Uh, let's see whether we can uh, squeeze in uh, just uh, one more call because of our time. We apologize, really. I know there's something 
uh, that a lot of us are interested in talking about. Um, hello, good morning. Uh, this, uh, hello, good morning. We'll just quiz this in. And, hello. Yeah, good morning. Yes, good morning. Uh, my name is Ade from Ade, good morning. Please speak up. Uh, we'd, uh, we can barely hear you. All right. Um, quickly, is it better now? Yes, it is. Go ahead. Uh, I have to say that staff is the root of the problems that is facing with Europeans plus size at this point in time. A lot of staff competitions need to be re-strategized, re Remoted and all of starting from staff contest as well as the AFCON. Okay. When the whole world does not respect your flagship competition, it tells the look how the handling of the competition and how the um, competition has been in terms of management that has been. From all right um thank you uh we had to pay keen attention because the volume was just low but we got the bulk of it he was talking about uh the he, he was talking about his strategizing yeah and just uh you know changing the face of the tournaments making sure they're a lot more attractive uh not just a calf, uh and to be fair uh, the CAF Champions League for example uh, we used to love to watch it you know a lot more than what we have now there's just been so many interesting things that have happened over the time or maybe it is because of Nigerian team's performances at that level remember when Kadiri Kana's Aimba won yeah. uh, okay Modi came afterwards it was it was loved I would go watch you know Aimba uh, calf uh, game the same way I would want to watch another game on TV of course but <laughs> it's great I remember watching Julius Berger then uh, right here in Kuto uh, in the CAF Confederation Cup well that's as much as we'll do this morning thank you Abajidi Adomi for your thoughts this uh, thank morning you for we'll me. see how the tournament pans out we'll see how the Eagles do hopefully yeah. they'll do well well more important, hopefully it's a good tournament, you know, uh, free of some of these issues. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hope to have a better tournament at the end of the day. That's the program this uh, morning. A platform on Fresh 107.9 FM. We'll be back Monday, God willing. Wally Bakar is my name. Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Many thanks to Mustafa Ozen who was in the studio with us this morning. Good morning. <laughs>